Hi folks, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. This is a practical, no-nonsense, no-tinfoil-hat approach to survival and prepping. I like to keep this rooted in common sense. And this podcast, this episode, this 263rd episode of today's Survival show is the seven step survival plan and it's a it's a fantastic book and you know what my guest podcaster is going to introduce it so i won't rehash everything that he's going to do here in just a few minutes but with everything that's been going on lately i i really hope that you are taking the time to prep and keep prepping and keep prepping some more we don't want to overdo it but because I, I really believe strongly in balanced preps, and if you've got, you know, if you're real strong in two or three areas, and then you don't have anything set aside, every, every, everything else that you should have, then get more balanced. Start putting some resources in because I tell you, you know, there are some references here in this upcoming interview to some some signs that are going on that we could be getting close to something something big that's going to happen and that's probably not going to happen in a good way i don't like to predict i don't like to do that i don't like to start predicting dates and times or months or years but there are some significant things occurring you know that are really indicating that some kind of stink is about to hit the fan and it's, it's going to be probably something that is going to catch a lot of people by surprise, unfortunately. However, prepping is becoming so mainstream or, or much more mainstream that I would say six years ago when I started this podcast, there weren't as many people paying attention to this stuff. Over the July 4th weekend, today's survival show became six years old. So thank you. I can't believe I've been putting these out for six years. I know it's been over a month since my last show, and I'm sorry about that. I have a plan to get some more shows out there in the next five or six weeks, and there I got a plan to get them out a lot more regularly. So keep checking back on this feed. By the way, join our forum. If you're not a member of the forum, consider joining. All you have to do is go to todayssurvival.com, click the forum button, and get signed up. Please send me an email and give me your username. Tell me what username that you use to create your forum profile, and I'll approve your account uh, probably in a little less than 24 hours. I keep pam- spammers out that way. Many of you have been supporting me on my Amazon store. Thank you very much for doing that. I don't have a whole lot of sponsors. As a matter of fact, no sponsors. I don't believe in that. I believe in trying to run as commercial-free of a program as I possibly can. So you don't have to spend any extra money to support me. Just make your Amazon purchases like this book, Seven Steps Survival Plan. Make it at my Amazon store. Go to todayssurvival.com. Remember, there's two S's in that. Todayssurvival.com. Click the Amazon store link. Well, a few weeks back, Cal Wilson, Cal Wilson, who is also an author, a prepping author, was on this show, and he was one of my guests. He is the interviewer and the guest podcaster for this episode. So, enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Cal Wilson, Christian prepper and patriot and author of two books on prepping, uh, Dirt Cheap, Valuable Prepping and the Camouflage Cross, Tales of Christian Preppers in the End Times. But we're not here to talk about my books on prepping. We're here to talk about this great new book on prepping called The Seven-Step Survival Plan by David Kobler and Mark Goodwin. And let me read to you the, the... the bio, the bio in the book here. David Kobler is a U.S. Army veteran who served in Iraq. Uh, thank you for your service, by the way. Uh, he is creator, creator, sure, he's creator of the popular Southern Prepper One YouTube channel, which provides tons of free information on a full range of preparedness topics. Visitors to the Southern Southern Prepper One YouTube channel can learn about everything from tactical training and communications to long-term food storage and homesteading. David's easy-to-understand instructions 
are delivered via videos produced from his own retreat property located deep in the hills of South Carolina. David was an expert advisor for National Geographic's Doomsday Preppers and speaks at survival and preparedness conferences around the country. David is a long-term prepper who has a passion for educating others on how to prepare for whatever may come. So welcome, David, to the Today's Survival Podcast. Mark Goodwin is a Christian constitutional author and the host of the Prepper Recon Podcast, which features interviews of patriots, preppers, and economists each week on PrepperRecon.com. And I, I know for a fact he has some excellent, excellent guests there. Uh, I might have been a guest myself. Um, <laughs> Mark holds a degree in accounting and closely monitors micro, uh, macroeconomic conditions to stay up to date with the ongoing global financial meltdown. The troubling trends in the political and financial la- landscape have prompted Mark to conduct extensive research within the area of preparedness. In his popular prepper fiction novels, he weaves his knowledge of economics, politics, prepping, and survival into an action-packed tapestry of fast-paced post-apocalyptic fiction. So welcome, Mark, to the show. Cal, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, Eager to talk about this great book, The Seven-Step Survival Plan, and this is a great, this is a great little book. It's a real treasure trove of useful prepper info. Uh, I'd say not only for beginners, but also for intermediate preppers and expert preppers alike. There's there's a lot of good information in this book. Uh, first off, I wanted to ask uh, David uh, regarding your uh, involvement with the Doom- Doomsday Prepper Show. I've I, I found that to be a very educational show. Is it? By the way, is it still on the still on the air? Okay. Yeah, I think I I know what you're talking about. I, I was just curious about if you know I don't know if you know what uh, motivates the guests uh, to go on that show. I mean, being a prepper is kind of inherently a secret thing, and people go onto that show and and you know show off their whole storehouses, and and it kind of it always made me scratch my head to see that. Yeah, even the ones who claim to be confidential, uh, just in the background you can see a, a landmark or something that would kind of point the way to where their, where their uh, place is located. It's, I, I don't know. It was, but it's, I still have found it a very, I found it a very educational show. It's very uh, informative. Uh, anyway. Um, yes, it will. It will show you things that you, you're not thinking of. So it gives you ideas. Like you might not be able to afford what some are doing, but you can take the idea and do it however, however you can afford it. Yeah. yeah. Excellent yeah. for learning. I think so too, yeah. Okay, um, back to the seven-step uh, survival plan. Um, here's, here's my idea, and I thought I'd kind of throw this out, and you guys can you know, let me know. Uh, how you feel. Um, personally, my family and I are prepping for bigger disasters and longer-term disasters. Um, but I think that that will also cover the smaller stuff that has a higher likelihood of happening. Like, for example, just in our, in our household here, just in the last year and a half, you know, there was one time we were evacuated uh, for a fire, and that was, that was four days, I think. And then we've had power outages that have lasted two to three days at a time. Um, but uh, anyway, as far as what to prepare for, um, I, I think it's a good idea to prepare for more involved stuff, but uh, knowing full well that the smaller stuff is more likely to happen. Uh, David, uh, what do you think? Definitely. Um, I try not to guess what can happen. 
I, I just try to be a prepared American. So whatever is thrown at me, from an ice storm to uh, you know bad weather to an economic collapse, you know I'm prepared for it. I just want to be totally a well-rounded prepper. Yeah, I think so. Um, Mark, are we on the same page as far as that goes? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we can say the zombie apocalypse might not have a very likelihood of happening, but uh, there's folks out there prepping for it, you know? Yeah. And, and if they've got deep uh, food louders and they've got they've thought about security and they've thought about home defense and they've thought about how they're going to get water uh, and, and what they're going to do when they can't leave their house, um, guess what? If a hurricane comes through their town and they're in that situation, they're going to be ready for the hurricane because they were prepping for a zombie apocalypse. So, yep. Uh, uh, well, it's it's probably not really a rational fear or a, a rational thing to, to prep for. Folks that are prepping for that are going to be in a lot better situation than the folks that didn't even uh, think it was worthwhile to go get a couple extra gallons of water. Yep, I totally agree. Um, hey, regarding the book, um, there are a lot of really good um, expert and intermediate prepper books out on the market and uh, I think this book here that you've both co-authored is kind of geared towards uh, the more beginner uh, prepper. Why, what, what's your thinking in uh, producing a, uh, a beginning prepper book, uh, David? I, I mean, a lot of people are just getting started. You know, every day people are waking up, so, you know, they could be overwhelmed. So with this, you just basically follow the book and, and check the boxes and cover the bases. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people that are, are doing a lot more prepping, and they might have forgotten something. So this is a good time for them to slow down, stop, read the book, and, and then realize, hey, I am covering everything. Well, maybe I'm a little bit uh, lacking in something, so they can get that uh, category caught up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot in this book that even um, can educate intermediates and, and more seasoned preppers. Um, Mark, what, do you, what are your thoughts on, on a beginner prepper book? Yeah, we did, and, it, and it's like David said, it's it's very overwhelming, especially, you know, we've got a lot of uh, secular economists, and we've got a lot of uh, uh, people like Jonathan Kahn and Mark Biltz that are uh, seeing things that uh, from the biblical cycles of the Shemitah, the seven-year cycle, and uh, and and the things uh, associated with the blood moons and things like that. And, and, and there's a lot of folks that are very very apprehensive about what could be happening this fall. And uh, sort of tongue in cheek, I've got a Shemitah ticker up on Prepper Recon now. Yeah, I saw it that. Shows how many days you've got until Shemitah. And you know, yes, it's a little lighthearted and fun, but on the other side. Uh, it's got it's got a lot of impact for me personally because I'm looking at that ticker and saying when that thing hits zero, I want to make sure that I've got all my basic levels of preparedness covered. So uh, if something catastrophic happens, we're ready. And if not, you know what? I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to keep uh, prepping and, and getting ready for the next level. Mm-hmm. But but uh, it's like David said, and it's very overwhelming. And when you see all of the myriad of things that you need to do. It's yeah. just what, what you end up doing is you end up freezing and doing nothing. So we wanted to give folks a book that they can say, okay, where am I going to start? And they can open this book and they can see, oh, well, the first thing we need to do is, is focus on body, mind, and soul because you're your number one survival tool. You know, and if you don't have that down, uh, all the beans, bullets, and band-aids in the world aren't going aren't gonna to help you if, you if you're not in good enough shape to get up off the couch. And we saw that this past winter when, uh, when people were just keeling over with heart attacks uh, when they were having to shovel snow off their roofs because mm-hmm. in the Northeast they got pounded early with snow and, and people's roofs were collapsing. Uh, you know, you got to be in some type of, uh, of physical condition to be able to get up on your roof with a shovel and, and scoop the snow off of it before it collapses. Yeah, I think so, um, David uh, made know, the we point. We want to make sure that we get the right starting point for folks as well. Yeah, David made the point on a recent podcast that uh, men, people in the military um, can sustain some serious injuries, but if, if their bodies were in good enough shape to begin with, they're more inclined, more able to snap back pretty quickly just by being in good shape. Definitely. You know? uh, I've seen it firsthand, and it's a proven fact. So uh, get in shape, uh, and that injury that you might sustain, uh, you'll be able to bounce back quicker, and, and you might live through it. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to say, um, this book um, 
I, I consider myself kind of an intermediate. I don't think I'm an expert by any means, but the the margins of this book in um, where you'd had that chapter on the bug out bag are totally marked up because there's a lot of new information here on on uh, bug out bags uh, especially. And uh, anyway, I thought that was that was good. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to put a lot of this stuff in in our family fleet cars. You know, the uh, multi-tools, the ex- extra water, uh, the toolkit, the window breaker. All that's very helpful information that you guys have uh, in this chapter on bug-out bags. <clears throat> and uh, speaking of where to start the bug-out bags, uh, at the beginning of the that chapter... Um, there was some talk about the, the gray man uh, concept uh, as far as bug out bags. Um, David, can you tell us what, what you guys had in mind when you were talking about the, the gray man concept? The gray man concept is you want to blend in with what other people look like. Uh, so, you know, if you're the only one in camouflage and everyone else is wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt, uh, you're going to stick out. By sticking out, you're going to be uh, uh, looked at a little bit more closer by uh, other other people, and then definitely law enforcement is going to look at you. So you want to blend in. So instead of wearing camouflage, maybe you can wear some brown cargo pants that are pretty normal looking, and it won't draw any undue attention to you. Mm-hmm. And that goes, I, I wrote that in my book about cars as well, that it, it's tempting to have, you know, a, a car or a truck, you know, painted camo, but you're more likely to be ignored, you know, when it's just dark green or, or black, stuff like that. Um, Mark, are we about right on that uh, gray man concept? Yeah, absolutely. You just want to you want to fit into whatever your environment is. You know, if you if you live in Texas, you know, boots and a and a cowboy hat. But uh, boots and a cowboy hat, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb in New York City. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to somebody buying, starting off on a bug out bag. Um, that's that's where this comes into play. Uh, in other words, you need to, you know, if you decide to get a backpack, uh, whether it's more involved or more simple, just just keep it pretty typical, where where you just blend in. You don't, you're not going to attract attention, you know. And also, um, there was some discussion in your book about the dual use, the idea of dual use items to to keep uh, in your car or bug out bag. Um, David, what? Uh, can you tell our uh, listeners what, what you were talking about there? Yeah, any item that you can use for multiple uh, purposes, um, you know, is, is a great thing you need to have because it's going to be heavy enough. Um, so if you can find something that will cover and do job A and B, uh, it's going to be lighter for you. Um, and that's the key. A lot of people put too much stuff in their bag, uh, and it's too heavy. So you have to find that happy medium where you have what you need, uh, but you are also very mobile. Um, and, and for some people, uh, especially for buggy now, they might be going from their work to their home, uh, and they're going to need a very lightweight bag so they can travel quicker. Now, if you're leaving your house for good, then you're going to need to carry a little bit more stuff with you because, you know, that's all you have. Yeah, one example that you had in the book was uh, something to keep in the car that would have, I, I guess is a multi-tool, which would have not only a knife but some pliers and a little something that could cut uh, safety belts if needed or something to smash a window in case somebody's stuck in a car that's, I don't know, caught on fire or going into a water or something. I think that was a great example. Mark, what do you, are, are we about right on this? Yeah, uh, Columbia River Knife and Tool, they make a great little pocket knife, and it's just, uh, it's it's got the carbon handle and a nice nice blade with the uh, tonto tip and the, the serrated uh, part in the, in the back, so you uh, have different types of cutting options on it. And then at the bottom of it, it's got it's got the glass breaker, and, uh, and then it's got a, a seatbelt cutter on it as well. And uh, it's it's a great knife to, to just for your everyday carry. And then if it's already on you, then uh, then you know you've got it. If you ever have an accident in the car and and you need to, to get out, and the, the power windows won't go down, yep. <laughs> and, and, yep. and your seatbelt's stuck, and you can't get it under undone, and, and you just uh, went over a bridge into a river, and it might be a great thing to have. So, uh, or if you you get into a situation where you see a car and it's overturned, and maybe uh, 
you know, it's it's in peril of catching on fire. I think that if it's on fire, um, I, David's the he's he's the uh, the fireman, so he can probably tell you uh, whether or not you want to actually attempt to rescue in a, in a in a vehicle that's already on fire. But if it's not, you know, maybe you can break out the window and cut the seatbelt and get them out of there before the fire starts. Yep, we've got one of those. Um I don't know if it's the same thing, but we've got one of those in each of our uh, glove compartments of our cars. And all it took for me was watching a, a documentary on, on Chappaquiddick. I don't mean to get political necessarily, but that poor woman um, apparently had survived in that car just for a few minutes after it you know, drove off into the river there. And after I saw that, that documentary, I thought, I never want to be without a way to get out. You know, if if a car goes into a river or lake or whatever, and you you can't operate the windows, and and it's slowly filling up with water, you need to you need to be able to get out. So I thought that was that was really cool to to have that in the book here. Um, hey, David, you were uh, in being in the military. You've probably eaten a lot of uh, MREs, and um, I've I've uh, bought a few myself, and I have to admit, I'm. I'm some of them are not that don't taste that great, but I'm I'm surprised at how good some of the MREs taste, like the spaghetti and uh, some of the chili and so forth. And your book talks about MREs versus energy bars. Uh, can you talk about um, your feelings of which one would you prefer and and uh, which uh, which one is easier easiest to accumulate for the beginner? I, I like them both. Um, so to really pick one, um, I, I like a balance of, of all kinds of stuff in your bug out bag because the MRE, um, you know, are some of them are taste great, some of them don't taste as good. So really pick out what you like to eat. Uh, but in a worst case crisis, you know, I've eaten all of them and, and, and they get the job done. They sustain you. But if you have kids, that's where you need to make sure they have you had exactly what the you know, you got a five year old and he doesn't like a certain thing, he's not gonna eat it. That's not gonna be good for you because it's gonna add stress to the family and his junior's not gonna eat. So figure out what they like to eat. So sample some of your MREs, uh any type of energy bar, sample it beforehand. Uh, make sure you like that kind. Um, but you know, if I had to bug out and all I had was one thing, uh it would get old very quickly, so Put multiple things in there, uh, even beef jerky, just so you have a. Uh, you're not just getting tired of one thing. Yeah. Well, I noticed in the book there was some talk of of just canned uh, spaghettis and 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 ravioli, and I think um, that was this book, right? <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, I thought that was interesting because, in a way, those those foods are kind of civilian MREs. I mean, that's something that civilians buy all the time in the grocery store, and a lot of times they wind up in a, in a, um, a pantry for years on end, and at some point they, they get eaten uh, when, when somebody would rather eat something else, but it's, it's almost an emergency thing. I think that's another good, good idea here uh, in this book. Um, one other thing, uh, Mark, you... Um, there was some discussion in the book about uh, canning, uh, canning food. And um, first thing I noticed about canning when our family started canning is that it doesn't involve cans. You know, <laughs> they should maybe call it jarring or something. But anyway, it's it's still, I think it's very important for a prepper to have some canned food uh, that you've done yourself so that you know that it's 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 pretty universally uh, germ-free. Um, anyway, Mark, could you could you explain uh, canning to our listeners, please? Sure. Um, canning's a great way to preserve meat, especially, you know, uh, if you're anticipating having to go without power for any, any amount of time. Um, you know, uh, freezers and all of that are, are great and probably a lot more... Um, Probably more economical and probably more uh, convenient, but uh, when you lose power, you lose all of that stuff. So, uh, canning is a great way to do it. Uh, one of the things we can is turkeys because you can get those at uh, at Thanksgiving for like sixty nine cents a pound, and uh, we usually get one for Thanksgiving, and then we usually get two more to can. Yeah. And another thing we like to can is uh, uh, pork shoulders because we like 
we like uh, like mojo pork to eat with our beans and rice because we we store a lot of rice and beans because it's a very low price uh, food item to store that stores very well. Rice will store for about twenty years, and uh, beans, depending on what kind, can store for you know six to eight years. And um, so we we like the we like the mojo pork to eat with that and uh, it's just basically pork with uh, a little a little bit of um, uh, bitter orange which if you don't have that in your area because uh, it, that's kind of like a, a place that, that's something that's very specific to South Florida and I don't know if they sell that across the rest of the, the country you can use grapefruit juice instead of that huh. and garlic and onions and a little salt and pepper and you just cook that in a slow cooker and it's just fantastic so you take that meat with the, the juice that cooks out of it you put it in your jar you leave about a quarter uh, about a quarter inch at the top or half inch at the top and you put on a new lid and you put your ring on not too tight uh, all canners are going to come up with directions when you get them unless you get one from uh, from eBay or yard sale or something like that but most of them you're going to cook your meat in a, in a, a cork jar is going to be cooked for 75 minutes and you're going to bring it up to uh, 10 pounds of pressure so um, you know, you, you're not going to be able to do this in, in just a, a regular water bath canner. You have to have a pressure canner for, for meat or any kind of a low acid food uh, like beans, anything anything that doesn't have enough acid to fight off uh, botulism. Uh, you're putting yourself at risk if you can it without the, the, the pressure canner. And at 10 minute, it's 10 pounds for 75 minutes will usually uh, take care of that risk. Okay, and the, the general idea of canning is... You get this kind of uh, aluminum, uh, made, made of aluminum kind of big pot, and there are ways to screw the lid onto it, and you put water in there and these uh, quart jars that you can buy at Walmart uh, and fill up the jars uh, with, with food and then, and then uh, kind of boil it for, for uh, how long was it again? 75 minutes once you get it up to the... the the 10 pounds of, of pressure. Okay. So you got to bring it up to pressure first. Yeah. And then you start then you start your timer. And then you leave these leave these uh, lids on there. And the lids I think are good only for one use unless you use uh, I think the brand is called Tadler. Well, I've I've not had very good experience with the Tadlers. We've got some of those and we had uh, we we tried it with our pork and we tried it with our turkey. And I want to say about 25% of them did not hold their their seal. Okay. Uh, when you take the band off of them, that, and I don't know what the what the problem is with those, but uh, I think it's it's because the metal one when it seals, it it'll pop and it'll it'll suck down, and, and the the negative air pressure in there is actually holding that lid on. Yeah. And I think that the tattlers, I think that they don't they don't they don't pop like that metal lid does. And, and I think that it's just not giving you the, the type of seal that you really need. Uh, there may be folks that, that, that have different experiences with them. Maybe they leave the band on uh, all the time. But I, in my in my mind, if, if it's not if it's not sealed enough to, to stay on there without that band, then then I don't trust it. Interesting. So, okay. uh, we just don't. We'll use those for like just kind of general storage and stuff. We didn't throw them away because you know you can always find a use for stuff, but we do not use those for canning at all anymore because we just we just don't trust them. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Well, that sounds like an experiment for my family to to try pretty soon. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I guess uh, as far as canning, I, I can say this: that if if you're in a situation where the power goes out. Or it's some kind of extended disaster uh, where you're you're trying to live off of like emergency food. In in my experience, canning is a way of getting real good home cooked meals uh, just stored in a jar, like in the back of your pantry. And if you, you you're without power, there's always a way you can you know light up the barbecue grill out, out back or wherever. And and you you open up one of these canned meals and it's just like a regular home cooked meal. It's not it's not an energy bar or whatever, you know. So yeah. I think I think canning is a great is a great thing, and I'm I'm glad uh, our family's doing it. Uh, yeah, we've just switched over to all wide mouth jars now, and uh, our next canning projects we're gonna we're gonna try making meatloaf in the can. Yeah, good. I, I think uh, I, I think we've tried that in the past. I'm getting the thumbs up. Yes, we have actually. Yes, uh, 
the wife says that we have done that. Um, we've also gotten donated donated to us some of the old narrow mouth jars uh, from somebody who wants to go to the wide mouth, and we're going to put those to good use as well. Hey, um, Mark, what, was there a, a time of the year that is good for sales on on the pork shoulder and the turkey, like you said? Well, turkeys, yeah, at Thanksgiving, and that's when they that's when they come out for you know sixty nine cents or ninety nine cents a pound. Um, I guess we'll I guess we'll see what happens this year with uh, with the the drought burning out your way and, and all of that. But uh, and the bird flu, yeah. So yeah, we might not get those prices this year. But that's typically you know some of the prices you've been able to see. Uh, pork shutters, it's just kind of um, it's just kind of whenever you can catch them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me. Uh, very cool. Let me let me change uh, gears here on something. Um, Bob Main, uh, who has uh, today's survival, uh, had a podcast last December where he really poured out his heart on on his personal cancer uh, issues, and I'm happy to say that he uh, was diagnosed later uh, as being cancer free. Um, but uh, he made a good point in that podcast that um, it's not only prepping for disasters, it's prepping for possible personal emergencies and personal medical issues. And I, I, know, I noticed uh, from this book that, Mark, you have, I didn't know this about you, that you have an arthritis issue. And um, David, I, I, I saw your uh, YouTube video on this uh, fire truck that you're on that somebody took whoever was driving it took the turn too fast. Um, anyway, can you guys talk about how prepping has uh, influenced your, your abilities to get through these, these medical issues? And, and how would you recommend, um, what kind of preps would you recommend for other people who might have, have medical issues? Yeah, for me... Uh, for I, go ahead, David. Go ahead, Mark. No, no go ahead, Mark. Uh, for me, the, the the best thing that I can do to combat my arthritis is to just keep moving and you know and and make sure that uh, I don't uh, I, I don't let too much weight uh, pile up on me and, and try to eat good and try to stay active and uh, make sure that I get my time in at the gym and you know of course I recommend if people don't if they can't get to a gym if, if that's not in your budget or it's not one nearby you know there's so many things you can do from home uh, YouTube's got great stuff uh, for for uh, for cardio and and uh, different things that you can do to just keep your body moving to where it doesn't have time to sit around and get stiff, which is uh, the biggest biggest problem with uh, most people that have arthritis, and, and and that's when it starts to affect your mobility, and then it starts to get you in this downward spiral where the less you do, the less you can do. So uh, it's just it's one of those things you just have to keep fighting, and uh, and another great thing that you can do on YouTube is. Um, a cardio kickbox, and and you can you can you can either watch it from your computer or if you've got a smart TV or a, a Roku box or whatever, you can send it to your your television and, and and do the the cardio kickbox routines, and that gets your heart going, stretches out your muscles, keeps your joints warmed up, and uh, now you've got some some uh, minor uh, self defense moves there where you know you're probably not going to be able to take on Bruce Lee, but it might be just enough to make you a harder target to where the, the predator is going to find somebody else that's a little bit easier target to, to pick on. Yeah, I can imagine arthritis is a real morale challenge, right? That uh, I mean, I mean, I just picture myself with arthritis. I, I'd probably be kind of uh, in a bad mood a lot. <laughs> yeah, if you don't go to the gym, you will be. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know, and then that's another thing with exercise. It gets your it gets your morale going as well. It gets yeah. all those endorphins going, and and you just feel better. Yeah, do you have medication that uh, that you're you're stocking up on, or, or pain pills, or anything? Advil. Okay. He said pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah, get the big bottles of Advil. Yeah, Costco. Okay. Um, David, how how uh, has prepping affected your your approach to the possibility of uh, medical medical issues? Um, that's a good question because a lot of people I know, you know, are on medication. Some of them are on medication because they are overweight. Um, and I've seen a few come off their, their you know, diabetes medicine because they've gotten out there and gotten in shape. 
when you when you look at on the TV, you see these super athletes, and you say, I can't ever do that. No, you might not be able to do it, but we don't want you to do that. What we want you to do is, is improve yourself on your level. So if you can't run a marathon, don't worry about a marathon. Maybe walk around your block, and then, you know, next week, do a two-lap. So don't look at anybody else but yourself and just look to improve your physical condition. Don't compare yourself to anyone. Just say, I need to improve myself by the end of this month, by the end of next year, uh, and then get get going. Um, you know, don't don't get discouraged. Um, just start off small. It's very important. Uh, the physical aspect of staying healthy is more important than a, a bunker full of guns and ammo and food. Uh, huh. Yeah. You know, health yeah. is, it's hard to get your health back when it starts slipping. Um, and I've seen too many people just get discouraged. And as soon as they get discouraged, they get heavier, more problems occur. Um, so don't, don't look at anybody else. Look at yourself and then try to improve yourself. So I've seen, I've seen these, uh, Verizon bracelets on a few people that kind of, they're a good way to, um, Tell people they they've got to walk a little more instead of taking the elevator, you know, take the stairs, something like that. And they do, they do seem to work, you know, that I've seen. And it's yeah. or, or having accountability, you know, have a friend that is, is also in need of working out uh, and accountability. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you call your buddy and say, "Hey, did you work out today?" You know, just that call, you know, could be the thing to say, "Oh, I better work out because my buddy's going to call me and I want to have to tell him no." Yeah. So, you know, accountability, someone to make sure you do it, it's huge. It will definitely help. Or just to, it occurred to me that if you just stop eating a late night dinner, you know, because I, I read somewhere that that's how sumo wrestlers uh, fatten up, is that they make sure to eat really late. Um, so I make sure not to do that. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, staying in shape is a form of prepping. Biggest form of prepping, the most important form. Yep. Well, great. Uh, this book has a lot of uh, atypical prepper stuff, and one thing I wanted to ask Mark about uh, your your prepper recon had a great uh, podcast uh, last February fe- featuring your your guest coupon prepper, and um, maybe you can explain the importance of couponing uh, to to the listeners here as far as as far as prepping. Yes, and uh, a little secret reveal that I'll, I'll put up just for your show, Cal. Uh, that's that's my wife. <laughs> I, so I kind of figured, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, uh, and and so through couponing, she has been able to stockpile all of our hygiene needs and all of our uh, food needs and all of that stuff without having to expand our our normal uh, grocery budget because she'll she'll shop for buy one get one deals and then she'll she'll use the, uh, the store coupon and the manufacturer coupon and and a lot of stores will allow you to put store coupon and the manufacturer coupon on the buy one item and then they'll also allow you to put the the store coupon and the the uh, manufacturer coupon on the free item. So by doing that, uh, she's just bringing home piles and piles of stuff for you know pennies on the dollar every single week. Yep. And 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 grocery stores are great for that. Kroger's, Publix, Winn Dixie, uh, most of them will all let you do that when they have the the buy one get one free deals. And uh, there's a lot of proper stuff you can get for that. You know. Uh, uh, pasta sauce usually that stuff stores pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pasta itself will store just about indefinitely if you can if you can keep the, the bugs away from it with either a mylar bag or uh, what we've been doing lately is uh, food saver bags, which you know things can chew through that. But if you've got the food if you've got it in a food saver bag to keep the, the oxygen away from it, and then you've got it in a uh, uh, a five gallon bucket with a with a gamma seal lid, um, you know. Uh, it's it's pretty well protected from from the critters and and oxygen and light, so uh, that's a great way to store it, and it'll store for a really really long time. And there's lots of stuff that that, that you can get the deals like that on, um, and uh, and also the grocery, uh, not the grocery, uh, the uh, 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 health stores like CVS and uh, uh, Walgreens and Rite Aid. They they offer a lot of stuff that you can get. With their rewards programs, you can get free stuff just about every week. And she's got, uh, we've probably got something like 175 years worth of razors, 
maybe maybe yeah. five years worth of soap. Um, probably, I think she just did an inventory. I think we figured out we've got about three years worth of toothpaste. Um, and so, you, you probably um, paid twenty cents be, uh, a, a per unit on that, you know, so it's okay, right? Yeah, so we're gonna be we're gonna be clean and uh, and clean shaven and uh, <laughs> you know well manicured during the apocalypse. There you go. <laughs> there used to be that great show on TV. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it, it, the camera Extreme crew would. Couponing? That's it. Where somebody would come home from the grocery store with a whole bunch of bags of groceries, and they just spent fifteen bucks on it or something like that. It was amazing. But uh, anyway, you you can find a lot of coupons and a lot of links to uh, other websites that that help you with getting started with couponing at the Prepper Recon uh, website, and it's it's at the coupon corner, right? Yeah, yeah. At the top of the home page, if you click that coupon corner tab, it'll it'll take you over there, and you have all kinds of nice links mm-hmm. for uh, stuff that'll probably be in your area because we try to get stuff from all over. Yep. Okay, um, just got a couple of other uh, subjects I wanted to ask you guys about the book. Um, there was some talk in the beginning of the book about the possibility of deflation versus hyperinflation, and I don't I don't think you use those words necessarily, but uh, reading between the lines, it, it occurred to me that the talk about paying off your bill, your credit card debt uh, was was probably to you know to make sure that. Uh, if you're ever unemployed or if ever there's a deflation as opposed to inflation, that, that you'll be okay, right? Uh, is, that, is that the thinking that, uh, that influenced that part of the, of the book? Yeah, because, uh, you know, I, th- I think there's, I, and I've heard this from other preppers before on, on board, uh, you know, news boards and things like that talking about that they're going to take their credit card and go run it up at the last minute and, and you know, get a bunch of uh, beans, bullets, and band-aids, basically, and, and went right before the system collapses. Right. And, and I don't think that's a very good uh, ideology because I don't, I, you know, unless we have this type of uh, collapse where we just basically go from the way everything is today uh, back to the Stone Ages or back to the Dark Ages... Uh, which I, I guess there's some, there's a few threats out there that could cause something like that. I don't think that's the most likely scenario. And of yeah. course, what we saw in the 2008 debacle was we saw the banks coming in and saying, "Okay, well, you can't pay your your mortgage," and, and kicking people out and repossessing the property. You know, so uh, they weren't able to get away without paying their debts in 2008. And I don't think it's very likely that that's going to happen for you. Uh, on the next time either uh, the the banks are pretty well they, they, they've they been through this and, and they've got uh, enough knowledge of, of, of how these things work and they've got enough power and influence to make sure the laws are such when uh, things like this happen that you're going to be the one that gets the short end of the stick on this so don't think that you're going to outwit them or outsmart them because it's probably not going to happen the best thing you can do is to just uh, keep your debt uh, as low and as manageable as, as, as possible. You know, you try to yep. stick to things that you have to have. You know, if you have to have a, a mortgage to buy a house, most people don't have uh, two hundred fifty thousand in cash or one hundred fifty thousand in cash to, to go out and buy a house. So you might have to have it for your house. But uh, other things, you know, if you can if you can drive that beater of a car for a couple of years and save up money and then and then pay cash for a little bit better beater. <laughs> Yep. Just keep doing that until you've been able to uh, basically have like an envelope for your car that you just keep putting money into instead of making that payment to the bank and uh, and working your way up to a better and better car each each, each time that one uh, calls mm-hmm. and quits. Uh, that might be the best way to do it. Yeah, I liked your discussion in the book about the Dave Ramsey approach uh, to paying off credit card debt. Uh, and speaking of credit cards, you, you had something in that chapter about finding credit cards where uh, you can just pay off the, the, the amount every month and still get rebates, right? Yeah, the, and I, I, my, my view on that is evolving, and uh, largely because of what I've been going through with the Bank of America for the past four months. My, my card number got was stolen through through identity theft so somehow or another and now with it with the hassle that I've had to go through with them over this I don't think that the the, the rewards points are really worth it anymore so um, I'm going back to saying you know what 
just do cash because this is just not worth it. And 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 I'm going to do an entire podcast on what their system is, but their their system is ran by a computer. And I don't know if it's and, and this sounds like really sci-fi and far-fetched unless you sat there and listened to it. And so I've got all of the recordings of my of my conversations with the hmm. the customer service reps, but they've all told me the same thing. There's nobody at Bank of America that can go in and turn off your credit card. Uh, from from a fraudulent uh, from a fraudulent charge. So what what's been happening is is uh, two months ago I just shut the card down, and it's been something where somebody signed up for a, a TransUnion uh, thing to get their to get their my credit report to try to get the rest of my information through the credit report, oh. and uh, and they didn't get it. But uh, but what's been happening is TransUnion's been billing me every month three times for seventeen ninety five, so it's like fifty four bucks a month. And even after I close my card down, uh, somehow or another the Bank of America computer doesn't know to say no to to uh, this this transunion charge, even though the card is completely shut down. I've closed out my account and it's still incurring these charges every month. And every month I call and speak to a customer service rep and they, they don't have any they don't have any authority. There's nobody there that can override this computer. So we've got basically like this uh, sort of this mark of the beast type uh, artificial intelligence wow. uh, computer system that's running Bank of America right now. And it's just, <laughs> it's absolutely insane. And, and, and this show, when I do it, I think that people are going to be just absolutely dumbfounded that something like this is actually going on in the banking system. Are you talking about just B of A cards or all, all credit cards that have rebates? This is this is Bank, Bank of America. So, I mean, I don't know what the oh. other ones are, but, uh, you know, this is the Bank of America computer that's running all of this. So okay. I, don't, I don't have any information that that's what's happening. The other ones, I don't know. Uh, okay. uh, if anybody works for any of those other companies and they can tell me, yes, that's that's how Citibank and and TD and everybody else works as well. Uh, you know, it's it's Prepper Recon at Startmail. You know, send me send me your your information. I'd love to know if that's happening at other banks as well. So Bank of America is the only one that I know about. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that because. The part of the book where you're talking about Bass Pro Shops really had me drooling. I love I love going to that store. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, that's Bank of America. Oh, that's also that Bass Pro card. Oh, great. Well, I, I did look up uh, American Express and BJ's. Uh, they also look like they have some good rebate credit cards, but uh, I'll, I'll put that on hold because, uh, well, actually, Amex, I know, is not B of A, but I don't know about BJ's. It looks like a good rebate card at BJ's, but... I don't know if they're involved with uh, B of A. Who knows? So put that on. We'll put that on hold. Um, uh, hey, David. One um, one thing I wanted to ask you: the cover photo, which I, I believe was done uh, by your wife. Very. In fact, the photos in this book are well done. Uh, by the way, um, it shows some uh, fish antibiotics. And can you talk to the listeners about? Human antibiotics versus uh, fish antibiotics. Yes, uh, I personally have stored fish antibiotics. Now I'm not a doctor, or I'm not in the medical field, so I really can't recommend anything. So you need to check with your own doctor uh, or your pharmacist. But I have stockpiled fish antibiotics uh, in case of an emergency. Now, if I get sick right now, I don't use those. I go to the doctor because I have good insurance, and I save those antibiotics, efficient antibiotics, for a worst-case event where I can't get to the doctor. Um, so that is a, a, a way to, uh, you know, supply yourself with antibiotics. Antibiotics can be very important. If one of your family members come down with an infection and you don't have antibiotics, you will really trade anything that you have uh, to get what you need to save your family. So think about antibiotics. Uh, very important, and uh, right now they're still available. I'm hearing rumors that uh, they might not be available much longer uh, by just simply ordering. You might have to go through a vet to get them. So okay. uh, if you're thinking about it, go ahead and take the jump. Uh, I know Mark Mark sells antibiotics, uh, fish antibiotics, so uh, he might have some more input on this. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I. 
to my knowledge, they are the same dosage and uh, essentially about the same ingredients as what you would get from uh, from from the doctors. And like David said, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to tell you to take them. But I will tell you that I have taken them when I've had infections, and it's yes. cleared it up. But now, I mean, with that, uh, on a caveat on that, you know, I think that our our country is very heavily. Uh, over medicated, and I think that doctors are very, very quick to prescribe antibiotics. I know that uh, my wife, when she went to have some some dental work done, you know, they gave her they gave her a ten day course of antibiotics. I mean, this stuff absolutely it's like setting off a nuclear bomb inside your body. Yeah. You know, you're taking out all of the bacteria, which you've got a lot of bacteria that you need inside your intestinal tract that 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 keeps things going for you. Uh, and and so antibiotics should be something that folks should use when they're really, really sick and you really, really need it and you really, really know that that's the right thing to take. And I, I don't believe in taking them for, like, you know, preventative stuff unless it's something where you, you've got a really, really bad uh, uh, cut or something like that and you think that there's, there's a really... Uh, high risk of being infected. Um, I, I, I would rather take them after I see that there's there's some kind of sign that, that there's an actual need for them. So uh, it's certainly it's not something that you take for uh, the flu or something that you take for a cold. You know those are typically viruses, and antibiotics don't have any effect on a on a virus whatsoever. Right. Uh, uh, but but uh, you know if you do get a bad cut and you do get a bad infection and you're in a post-apocalyptic scenario where where uh, you you don't have access to medical care um, it might be something that actually saves your life so yeah well i i'm not a doctor either although i have pretty messy handwriting um, but i can <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, i'll just refer the listener to the website doomandbloom.net, where Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy discuss this very topic. And I remember them comparing human prescribed antibiotics to fish prescribed antibiotics. And Dr. Bones is a doctor, so uh, and he would also tell people to, to be very, very careful with this stuff. Uh, and and uh, it, it might be, it's one of those situations where it's regulated for a, for a reason. So you have to be very careful, but it's it's uh, something else uh, to consider uh, as far as prepping. Well, um, okay, I, one other really smart idea I wanted to mention uh, in this book uh, that I haven't, I don't think I've seen elsewhere, is to scan important documents and put them on a thumb drive, because you never know when you won't well you won't have access to those documents, uh, like if your house burns down or whatever. And if you have a thumb drive, like in your glove compartment or, or whatever. Uh, anyway, I thought that was a really good idea. Uh, one thing I've done is scanned my important documents and emailed them to myself and just kept them in my email inbox. So that's, that's another um, good idea from this, from this book. Okay, I saved the last, the most important book-related issue for last. Um, and if, if there's any way to keep it relatively short, maybe, uh, David, you can explain the importance of, of faith. There was a good discussion at the beginning of the book about the importance of faith uh, to a prepper. And I know that the Bible is, has several examples of, of preppers like Noah and Joseph and, and that, that uh, Bible verse in Proverbs 21.20. 20. Um, so anyway, if, if if you have any thoughts on uh, faith and prepping, uh, maybe you can tell the tell the listeners. Yeah, um, for me, I have to put my faith in Jesus Christ uh, and not in my actual prep. Uh, that would be foolish because my prep could be taken in a second. A storm could come. Uh, so you need to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what I have personally done, and that's given me peace in life. Now. I can't use that as an excuse not to prep and say, oh, God's going to take care of me. Uh, I have to do my part. And that's why I prep, and that's why I try to get other people to prep. Um, if you look at the situation in Greece right now, I mean, they're going to be very short-handed on medicine and food. Um, so, you know, by looking over there, I say, you know what, that's another reason why I prep uh, economic collapse. Um, but you got to have a strong foundation. If we go through an economic collapse, uh, you're going to be tested. You know, your whole, whole being will be tested, uh, and you need to have a strong foundation. Um, 
and that's probably the most important thing is your foundation. Uh, all the rest of this stuff will come easy uh, if you're grounded right. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Amen. Mark, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I do. Uh, this morning I was reading Second Peter. I, I tried to, you know, and, and I try to practice what I preach and, and what we write in the book. And, and I think that being connected to the Word of God and, and uh, putting some time into reading your Bible and praying and listening to praise music in the, in the morning before you start your day and giving God that very first part of your day, I think it will just radically change the way you live the rest of your day. And if you're doing that every day, it's going to radically change the way you're living the rest of your life. And it's going to give you a lot of it's going to give you a lot of peace. And it's going to give you direction, and it's going to give you so much that you're going to need to get through these dark days that we're heading into. Uh, but Second Peter 2 says that if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven other, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men, for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment. So Amen. we see two different examples right there between Noah and Lot. And, and while God rescued both of them from, from the judgment that he was bringing on the, on the world uh, at those two different periods of time, uh, they both had two very, very different survival experiences. We know that, uh, that Noah, he took, he took a very proactive approach, and he got involved, and he built the ark. And, and while he didn't really have the resources to go out and gather up all of the animals, God did that. He brought the animals to Noah. So, uh, you know, Noah was very involved, whereas Lot, he hadn't had this experience before uh, living in Sodom and Gomorrah, where it had been attacked, and he had to be uh, rescued by his uncle, and, you know, maybe that was a good sign at that time to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah, but he didn't. He stayed there, uh, and we know that his survival experience was very, very different from Noah's. Uh, he had to leave in the middle of the night with absolutely nothing, and we don't even know that he had a bug-out bag, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, his wife didn't make it. Uh, so he got out the skin of his teeth with his daughters who had been infected by the culture that he allowed them to live in. And, you know, if you read the rest of that story, it's, it's pretty nasty as well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yes, God rescued both of them, but because Noah was involved in his preparedness and he had a much better uh, survival story than what Lot had uh, existing out in, in, in the mountains uh, with absolutely nothing. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, Bob Main at Today's Survival uh, just recently went through a, a cancer scare, and I'm among those who were asked to pray for him, and, and our family uh, prayed for him, and uh, by the grace of God, he got through cancer. Um, and of course, uh, it's, not, it's not only about just uh, while we're alive, it's, it's you know, if, uh, if, if and when we all leave this world, uh, it's, it's good to know as a Christian that you'll be welcomed uh, into heaven, which, which is kind of a, as you say in the book, kind of a, a spiritual uh, preparation. So it's an important issue. Absolutely. Yeah. Ten out of ten people die, so you've got to be ready for that day. That's right. I, there's only one I know who didn't. Well, who, who died but came back. But, uh, right. Okay, um, and let me ask you real quick, uh, common mistakes made by preppers that you've, that you've seen? Uh, David, uh, I heard a podcast with you recently, somebody was going to max out their credit card. Uh, yeah, but I think the biggest mistake preppers make is they buy a bunch of stuff and never get it out of the box and practice with it. I see that every day. Okay, so buy stuff and spend some time trying to use it and get to know how to, how to use yeah. it. Mark, what, have you, what mistake, mistakes have you seen? Uh, I see people that get pigeonholed, you know, and, and that's another reason that we wrote the seven step survival plan, you know, for the experienced prepper, that he can go through that and he's making sure that he's, that he's staying on a balanced path because, uh, you know, there's, there's guys that get into comms and they love comms and they get so into it and that's where they spend all their time and money and, and resources and then they never get the food storage and they don't really get the, the home security 
and a lot of the other aspects are, are they're not making time to, to get out and get some exercise and, and take care of their number one survival tool, which is their body. So, okay. uh, you know, and, and the same thing can happen with guns. You know, guys that get so into guns and then and they neglect everything else. And there's other people that, you know, food storage, and that's the only thing they think about. And, and, and they don't have the guns and they don't have the communication cap- capability. So, mm-hmm. uh you know, it's, it's about trying to be balanced, and uh, and that's one of the great things about being in a group. Sometimes is you know that you'll have people with different interests, and, and and people can can be a little bit more specialized because everything's getting taken care of for the group. Yep, that's a good point. This this book is a good uh, I'd call it a survey of different important issues for preppers. Um, well, all right, one last question. Um, suppose there's somebody listening to this podcast coming home from work, and they're brand new to prepping they've they've never done any prepping before and they just feel there's something not going right in the world whether it's a big issue or if they see a hurricane coming or they suspect there might be flooding or a fire coming through or whatever a brand new prepper uh, what would you advise that that brand new prepper uh, to do today to get started david uh, probably just to stop and order the seven step survival plan. Well, um, of course. But, yeah, of course. <laughs> but no, I would probably say sit down with your loved one and have a rational discussion uh, of what threat you see coming. Write it down on paper and then write a plan down. Um, and don't panic. But sit down and have a rational discussion and write your plan down. And do not let people discourage you. You know, you might have loved ones that say, oh, nothing's going to happen. No. You know, discuss it with them and then stick to your guns and you do something to prepare for that threat. Okay. Thanks. Mark, what do you think? And, and I, I'll say what I say in the seven steps survival plan. You start with yourself. You know, make sure that you've got that relationship with Christ, so that if you don't make it through whatever's coming, uh, it'll be all right, okay for eternity. Because if you miss that, nothing else really matters. And then uh, after that, you know, make sure that, that 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 you're taking care of all the health things. You know, make sure that you're getting the exercise. Make sure you're eating right. Uh, another thing that people for neglect sometimes is you know. Uh, maintenance stuff like going to the dentist and getting your teeth cleaned because uh, you, you don't want to have a rotten tooth in the middle of the apocalypse when there's no dentist so well, it's yeah, much yeah. much better you can take care of that now and then after that make sure that you're that you're taking care of your budget because whatever we're coming whatever's coming down the pipe uh, more than likely it's going to be financial in nature and and if you can at least have your own house's uh, books in order and you're living on uh, you're living on less than than you're bringing in, and you're you've got a good budget. Um, everything else is going to be so much easier if you've done those two things, mm-hmm. and then and then then after that, then you can get into all the prepping stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Um, where is the uh, Seven Step Survival Plan uh, book available? Well, you can you can go to PrepperRecon.com, and we've got a banner on the right hand side of the page that you can click, and that'll that'll take you over to Amazon. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, David and my other book, uh, Retreat Security and Small Unit Tactics. That's that's a little bit more advanced book. That's after you've already got the seven steps taken care of. Uh, we 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 wrote that to be really focused on uh, on, on folks that haven't been in the military, uh, like myself. Uh, being able to put together a team and put together a few things to do to to take care of our own security if we happen to go into a without rule of law type scenario. And, of course, David's got all of the, the technical knowledge, and then so uh, we just sat down, and I took all of his technical knowledge, and I tried to put it into to the terminology that somebody that hasn't ever been in the military would be able to understand and uh, retreat security and small unit tactics is what we come up with, and, and we think that it's a it's a really good uh, primer for for home security. Mm-hmm. And you've also got the Days of Noah series, books one and two out out right now too, right? Uh huh. Yeah, and then book three of that should be out this October. And of course, it it uh, it's it's kind of a fun thing that that looks at you know. Well, it's probably not fun if you if you start thinking about that's probably what's going to happen to our nation. But uh, it was uh, it just kind of looks at uh, a lot of the, the different conspiracy theories that are, that are out there and and how they might play into biblical pro- 
prophecy and what our nation will look like in the very near future. And it just kind of picks it up at, at today's headlines and uh, and projects our current path into the into the future. Mm-hmm. And in my previous series, the Economic Collapse Chronicles, uh, did the same thing uh, on a more of a, a fiscal sustainability. Um, looking at that and, and, and okay. how likely uh, a financial meltdown would occur in America. Okay. Um, and what Dave... Like? I'm sorry, what? And what it would look like here. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and David, you're um, cranking out the videos on YouTube under Southern Prepper One. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, for me, that's the easiest way to get information out to uh, it, it's the people. Um, so I love doing videos. Uh, and that's what I'm just showing you what I'm doing at my retreat and trying to get people motivated to do something at their home. Well, I found your videos to be very very informative. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, do you have do, you, do either of you have uh, speaking appearances coming up or, or is there a prepper expo you're going to be at anytime soon? Uh, I don't think so. I don't have any plans to do anything this this uh, in, in the, the recent in the coming months myself. Okay. Okay. Uh, David. No, no plans here. I am. Uh, you're you're a consultant. Getting my personal stuff ready. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you're available for consultation for prepping too, right? That is correct. Okay. Well, uh, that's that's all I got. Um, for my questions, I sure appreciate both of you guys uh, joining me, the co-authors of this great new book on prepping, The Seven-Step Survival Plan, by David Kobler and Mark Goodwin. Thanks, thanks to you both for joining me. Cal, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Many thanks to Cal, Mark, David. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for taking the time. You're probably going to see this on their Facebook fa- their Facebook feed and, and, and maybe even Cal's Facebook page and website and things like that. Once again, if you want to get that book, head on over to www.todayssurvival.com and use my Amazon store link. Cal, thank you very much. I appreciate that. If there are any of you out there that wish to submit a guest podcast. Maybe you have an interview that you like to do, like Cal does on this one. Maybe you can do like Joe and Dave have done and interview each other, or interview other people. Joe has interviewed several other people, Mexican Joe, and he's done a fantastic job with that. Just shoot me an email, give me an idea of what you want to do, and you know you can have your own podcast for a week. But again, I am going to... i got some material that I want to put out. I have some material that is really good. And it's already kind of recorded, or mostly recorded. And i got most parts of it put together. It's just I've been so busy. With the Handgun World podcast, and of course my family situation. Yes, I'm cancer-free, but I'm dealing with my wife that has a terminally ill neurological disease and that's that's rough it's rough i gotta be you know first and foremost i'm i'm here to serve god second i'm here to serve my wife and my family and these podcasts and everything else and my full-time job and all that that comes after all of those other priorities but thanks again folks for listening i appreciate it i'm bob main You've just listened to another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Talk to you next time. Goodbye.